And thanks, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting our sponsors. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California, joined on the line by my youngest sister, Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. Leanne, what a pleasure I had in your backyard last night. Thank you, Liz. It's always great to have family and friends over. The way it is. It's nice. It's always worth it. It's worth it. Somebody has to do it. I'm happy to be the gathering place. You do you do an excellent job. So we should explain. Julie was here visiting with her grandchildren. Uh, so she had Alice and Benjamin here for the weekend. They stayed at your place last night, right? Yeah. Yep, they did. We got up right and early this morning to take off to go to Legoland. But as usual, Julie, a tightly, <laughs> tightly packed travel schedule. We had less than 20 hours allotted at my house, and so I had everyone over in the afternoon, late afternoon, made the famous ricotta spread, uh, the homemade ricotta, and then just some grilled chicken, but it was also my son's 22nd birthday. So we double-dipped, little family party. Sheila came, you came, our friend Mary came, my in-laws came, and and then we had Ben and Alice and Julian Trem. It was really nice. It was really nice. By the way, when I was giving Mary a ride home... All she could talk about was the ricotta, Leon. She was super impressed <laughs> with your homemade ricotta because she knows how complicated that is. You know, I have given the recipe to people and they have not been able to recreate it. So it's not oh. that the recipe and they will admit it like it wasn't as good as yours. I did something wrong. So I, it's it's more technique than recipe because it's really just throwing four dairy products in a pot. You know, it's not... But yeah. it does involve cheesecloth and squeezing and letting things sit. And so it requires a little bit of patience. Uh, so I'm glad that Mary enjoyed it. I'm glad that she Mary did. Enjoyed she it. did. And I'm going to post a photo that we took in your backyard of, of you, me, Julie, and Sheila. It's a cute picture of us. But what is amazing in this photo is the view behind us. Of your lush garden, Leon. For all the we talk about your garden a lot on the show, and but people will be able to just like get a feel, a little bit of a feel for what's happening there in your backyard, where you were like serving foods you had grown yourself last night. That that artichoke, which I missed, sadly. That you was- know, we just had one ripe artichoke, and it was big, and Alice really demolished it. So Alice, Julie's grandchild, who's ten, we went out, we cut the artichoke. We prepped it, showed her how to cook it, and she kept saying, I love artichokes. I love artichokes. I'm like, really? Come on. Now, that's kind of an acquired taste. Oh, no. She loved artichokes. We served it early, and it was gone by the time the bulk of you showed up. But it was delicious because someone had said, oh, don't even bother to eat your own artichokes. They're not as good as the ones that are commercially grown. Just let them go to flour. I was like, well, it feels like we should try one artichoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. was delicious. It was a, So whoever told me that was 100% wrong. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. Okay. Well, obviously, this is a long way of telling you that Julie is not on the show today because she is at Legoland with, uh, with Benjamin and Alice. And they will be at Disneyland tomorrow. And rumor has it, Leanne, that you're joining them at Disneyland. Is I that am. correct? I, I raised my hand a couple weeks ago and I will be there. Uh, so I have a ticket. I'm ready. I'm going to meet them. There's lunch involved. There's dinner involved. I'm, I'm good to go. So it sounded fun to me to, to, to be with them. I haven't been to Disneyland in a while, like five or six years. So I'm happy to go. So that's why we're doing the show on Monday today. 
If you're wondering, and, if you're listening to this, the Tuesday show we're doing Monday. Yeah. In, in, case, in case, like, anything awful happens this weekend, which yeah. seems to happen we don't on know a daily it. basis, we don't know because we're recording it on Monday. So... Uh, and I, speaking of Julie's pack schedule, travel schedule, she has a super packed day at Disneyland, and that is thanks to longtime satellite sister listener, who is one of those Disney specialist travel agents, right, Leanne? Yeah, she is. Yes, Nancy volunteered. Julie mentioned she was going. Nancy volunteered, did her itinerary, booked uh, booked travel uh, accommodations, dinner reservations. It's a minute to minute travel itinerary. That's why when. Julie kept saying, when are you going to meet me? I was like, well, I'll let you know, but I know exactly where you're going to be at 10, 17 a.m. Because Nancy put it in the ITIN. So don't worry. I'll find, I'll find you at the Hall of Presidents when you're enjoying Lincoln at 12.07. <laughs> Nancy, I cannot tell you how many times... Alice and Benjamin like showed me the itinerary and talked about something on the list that they're super excited about. So thank you so much for your generous help with this trip of a lifetime. Uh, yeah, we do have a full show today, Liz. Uh, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman. We did it. Satellite Sisterhood. We put it over the top. Uh, well done, Satellite Sisterhood. I have some follow-up there. If watching Wonder Woman made you intrigued about those Amazons, I have uh, some fun facts about the Amazons. I've been a fan of the Amazons for a long time. And uh, <laughs> it's a little-known fact, Liz. <laughs> and then, Liz, you have some Operation Sea Turtle updates, right? Yeah, multi-part Operation Sea Turtle have some questions for people, uh, some answers, some plans. So, yeah, a lot going on with that. And I have two movie reviews of movies that I might be wildly unqualified to review based on a conversation I had with Julie. So, Lee, and I think you're going to also get to vote on whether or not I'm even allowed to recommend these movies. Okay. And if you have a book club uh, who picks a summer book, a July book, I want to encourage you to pick a specific book, a friend of mine wrote. And especially if you're in the Southern California area, if you pick it for July, I'm going to be interviewing my friend at Romans. I'll tell you all about the book and the author and how you can join us uh, at the end of July at Romans. Bring your whole book club because it's a good book club pick. It's a good okay. club pick. All but right. first, Liz, uh, you know, I have to, a couple of obviously terrible news about London, terrible news mm -hmm. again from Orlando. It does really seem like this has just been an unending parade of terrible news, doesn't I know. it? Really? it really, yes, it does. It, it, it does. You're almost, you're almost afraid to look at it. I was actually... I was at the beach with uh, Julie and her husband and Nick and Alice on Saturday when all the headlines started breaking about uh, what was happening in London. And we just kind of looked at each other. I mean, like alerts were popping up on our phone, but did not talk about it because we had the little kids there. But then when I got home and saw what had happened in London, just so tragic. Right, right. And then last night, uh, Ariana Grande went back to Manchester, the scene of the terrible terrorist attack there yes. after her concert. And I have to say, I have a lot of admiration for Ariana Grande now. She's young. She's 24, I think. She's, you know, made some mistakes in the past, was a Disney Channel star. You know, people didn't have terrific things to say about her. But I think she has handled the aftermath of this Manchester terrorism attack really like a pro and like a deeply yeah. compassionate person. And this is, it's changed everybody's life in that town forever, everyone that was there. 
the tragic stories of the young girls that were lost and the parents that were lost, those are heartbreaking. And she will never be the same person or performer. I'm sure. Or artist, this, yeah. Yeah, she has really impressed me since since the tragedy. So at least hats off to her, you know, somebody reaching out and doing something in a meaningful way, meaningful to the people who came to that concert, to the young women, to the girls. Yeah, yeah. She's a really outspoken LGBT advocate, and she stayed true to that. So I, I think she's done an amazing job sort of, you know, really responding to this in a, in a correct in the correct way. So yeah. hats off to her. You just wish people didn't have to keep rising to right. these occasions, you right. know? Right, right. But, but it is, it's somewhat reassuring when you see um, how well some people can take that on. Mm-hmm. So good for her. You're mm-hmm. right. You're mm-hmm. right. Um, all right. Well, in other breaking news, you know, much less serious, but, you know, could be life-changing. Today is that big, like, Apple conference that they have, like, once a year where they announce all the new products. It's going on right now as we record on Monday. And, you know, I just know they're going to do something to my computer or my iPhone that's going to make it even harder for me to operate. Like, have you noticed that every time somebody upgrades, <laughs> it's not like I'm a million years old. I, I like to keep up with this stuff. In fact, it was very helpful last evening with your son, you know, who was a photographer. Yeah. He was showing me some of the photography features on my iPhone that I did not know that I had. So that was helpful. But if he's not going to explain them to me, what am I supposed to be sitting home watching YouTube videos all night, every night, trying to figure out how to operate my phone? So I'm a little bit alarmed every time they upgrade these things. And apparently this upgrade for the uh, for the operating system for the iPhone is very Siri focused. And I don't know about you, Liam, but I don't use Siri at all. It has just never worked for me. Siri and I are not close at all. We ba- I don't we barely- ever think to use Siri. We barely talk. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, I I use it if there's something I can't find on my phone. Like the other day, I wanted to set an alarm, and I couldn't remember where the alarm was. It had been a while, so I was like, "Siri, where's the alarm on my phone?" <laughs> but but I see my kids use it for everything. Siri, you know, where where's this? Where's that? Siri, find me this. I I don't ever think to talk to Siri. I just yeah. will Google it or you know search for it. So. Yeah, Alice was talking to Siri the other day at the beach. So <laughs> she's she's ten. She's totally totally on top of Siri. Me, I don't care so much. Uh, and I also, as long as we're talking about Apple, I would like to warn Skype. Leon and I have noticed that you keep upgrading Skype, Skype, and which every time we go to connect to record our show now every week, there's some new feature that is actually making it harder for us to do this. Like I tried calling Leon this morning for this recording and somehow I got a voicemail that had never existed before from a British person, uh, like a British voice telling me that Leon was not available. What is going on <laughs> Skype? I don't, I don't, do not understand that. So if you could just like back off or, or maybe we could just keep the most basic, I don't know. But the, uh, well, there's just- going to come a day Liz when we're just obsoleted out. Like yeah. they're going to do one more upgrade and we're out. We're not going to be able to figure out the changes. Because again, <laughs> I edit the show, you edit yeah. in GarageBand, which is right. not a great program to do it anyway, but it's the only program we know and yeah. they keep changing it. 
And that's why I like hope this computer never dies because I still use the old version of GarageBand, which is much better for podcasts than the new version. Yes. And I just know one day I'm just going to be upgraded into obsolescence and that'll be it. I'll be done. So I know we've been we've been so proud of ourselves that really all all of our audio engineering, we do it ourselves. But you people with your upgrades, you're killing us. You're really killing us, really killing us. But anyway, we're hanging in for now. So just wanted to say that if we could just like freeze progress <laughs> temporarily. For like 20 years. And then we'll be good. And then after 20 years, we probably really won't need anything. But one of those phones with the one button things, you know, like we got mom and like dad. Like we had for mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. What was that called? Like the jigsaw yeah. or the zigzag or some name like that. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, all right, Liz, though, we did do it. Satellite Sisterhood put Wonder Woman over the top this weekend. Uh, I went to see it. I know you didn't have a chance, but I went I to see not. it. A lot of the Satellite Sisterhood went to see it. We had talked about the movie in previous weeks because I had had a chance to interview the producer for the cover story of Pasadena Magazine and a panel. And I had mentioned, you know, how important it is to go opening weekend. This was a movie directed by a woman. Had a huge female cast. If, if you saw the movie in the beginning, you noticed only women really there on the Amazonian island. Uh, produced by a woman and only a handful of women, literally just five women, have ever directed a film um, that cost over $100 million. So to have a $200 million opening weekend, biggest weekend ever opening for a female director. So we did it. Satellite Sisterhood, you went, you posted, you brought your Satellite Sisters. You supported this movie because it was fantastic. It was yeah. great. It's it's great to get on the bandwagon when the bandwagon is super fun yeah. and satisfying. Yes. So <laughs> Yes. Right. I know. We were I feel like people were on it even before the good reviews. That's why I'm I mm -hmm. admired that people stuck it out and went, made their tickets and several people Liz do what you did what you suggested. They couldn't go, but they bought tickets Just anyway, thinking bought a ticket in solidarity. Yeah. Yes. So uh I went, we went to the eight o'clock showing. First of all, it was a miracle uh, that I could get my husband <laughs> to agree to a specific theater, specific movie at a specific time. I've discussed this on the show. I can't talk about it anymore. How he likes to just show up at box offices and see what's playing. I'm like, insane. It's insane, Liz. <laughs> it's insane. It's well, there's just no reason for it. No. If it. If it solved some other kind of problem, I could understand it. If it was a better solution to the movie-going challenge, I could understand it. But no, it makes it so much worse. Why Why do you need the mystery? I, know, I don't going know. And he would argue, well, we've seen movies that we didn't expect to see. I was like, yes, and we missed movies we wanted to see because <laughs> they were sold out. So but they started 30 minutes ago. In this case, finally, it's 630. He said, oh, I guess we can go to that movie. And of course, it was playing like at every theater at Arclight uh, in Pasadena. So guess what? I went ahead and I bought tickets ahead of time. And I got a seats and our seats, they have assigned seats at the Arclight theaters in Pasadena. And um, after the movie, you know what he said to me? He goes, see, no stress at all. I was like, yeah, because we picked a movie. We picked a time. And I bought the seats on the app, you idiot. <laughs> yeah no stress I was, like, well, 
I can't believe everybody, everybody wins. He believes he's right. You yeah. know you're right, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's good. You saw the movie you wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, that's and, good. And I love the arc light because you can go and buy popcorn and a glass of red wine. I mean, that yeah. is a good concession stand. I thought to myself that they, when I was single, I used to see like four or five movies a week. I'd go to the movies almost every night. And I thought if they had sold red wine, I never would have gotten married. Like 20. 20- <laughs> And like the Amazon. She would have been having too much fun all by yourself. Why get married? I can have red wine and popcorn and go to the movies every night. What's the point? (laughs) So, so, but our theater completely sold out. It was even a fun atmosphere at the theater. People were psyched to see it. The fanboys were psyched to see it. The women were psyched to see it. You know, people cheered when when the movie started and we had a very active audience that was, you know, cheering and clapping um, when scenes happened. And then everybody clapped at the end, which is great. I love when that happens. I know it happens in other cities, but in LA it's, they, they, it's our thing, you know, movies are our thing. So, um, so, uh, and it was, it was fantastic. Liz, there was a little bit of romance, like everything they promised. There was romance, right. there was lightheartedness. She's unbelievable. Under woman, Wonder Woman is unbelievable. And Liz, whatever Robin Wright is doing, it it's is the right her, huh? thing. Yes. <laughs> it is the right thing, Liz. I know. Well, but you, I, I, when I saw her last week, I was happy to see that she was getting extra salad dressing on her salad. Yeah. You know, when I saw her in Santa Monica, but she, she said the workouts involved like horseback riding and weightlifting. And, but I could not believe as she was describing it, that she's 51 years old because she does look awesome. She looks great. And she looks great in the movie. She plays a great, strong character. She is wielding that bow and arrow and she is riding that sword. And she has one of the, her, some of her scenes are the highlights of the movie. So the movie opens and we're on the Amazonian Island. And, um, I thought I'd just, in case you were interested in Amazons, now that you've seen the movie and you're wondering what's up with those Amazons. um, Yeah. What is the deal with Amazons? Well, I wanted to point you in the direction of a book I read a couple of years ago um, called The Amazons. (laughs) Okay. I'm writing that down because that would be hard to remember. Okay. (laughs) The Amazons. Got it. Lives and Legends of Warrior Women Across the Ancient World. And it's by a classicist and a researcher at Stanford, Adrian Mayor. And um, I read a great review of it a couple years ago. So I bought the book. And um, here's the thing. I have always been intrigued by the Amazons. I was did study classics in college. I had to write a thesis uh, for my senior year to graduate in my major. My thesis was on the goddess Artemis of Ephesus. And mm-hmm. uh, I was into Greek religion and female warriors. And the Amazons uh, were allegedly great worshipers of Artemis because she was the goddess of the hunt. And she had, you know, a shield and she had a bow and arrow and she was on a horse or she was on a leopard and she had origins in almost every major ancient religion and the Amazons were into her. So that's, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So this is know. deep. You, you were born to see this movie. <laughs> so like, you should, well, you should honest. immediately volunteer or like get your resume in for the sequel. Cause there, you know, there's a lot more Artemis to be explored. I'm sure. Well, here's the thing. What I didn't, when I wasn't really into her superheroes. So I didn't know that that was wonder woman's origin story. 
until mm. I started researching for the article I was doing and reading all the Wonder Woman th- articles and stuff, I didn't realize that that's where she was from. Like she wasn't really superheroes were not my thing. Actual Amazons were my thing. So, um, <laughs> but you know, if you were interested in the Amazons, they, you know, they had an all female society. Were they real or not? Yeah, there's pretty good evidence that they were actually real. Uh, Herodotus, the Greek historian, says they were chased out by the Greeks. They were locked up. Uh, these warriors, class of warrior women, they were locked up in dungeons and they broke out of the dungeons and they, uh, they killed their captors and they stole their boats and they set out to sea, but they weren't very good sailors. So they drifted and they found this, the Mascara, this island where they lived with another group of people called the Scythians. That's why in the movie you saw that she could sail. That's why. Because oh. afterwards they uh-huh. learned, after the okay. Greeks, they stole the Greeks' boats. They learned how to really, you know, rock those sailboats. And then, uh, and here, here's what, you know, we know about the Amazons from ancient art and from some texts and things. They, um, they, uh, they were, they were great warriors. They were really good. They were, spent so many hours on horses that they were often bow-legged. They're often depicted in ancient Greek art as bow-legged. So was Robin Wright bow-legged, Liz? (laughs) Not that I noticed. I noticed she had some very cute suede Nikes on and uh, and jeans. So, no, did not see any bowed legs. Okay. They they were nomads, really. They lived on the island. They raided things. They rode around. They, uh, They didn't live in a particular town. They were really into their lifestyle. In fact, at one point, some Scythian men showed up and they just made love right there in the grasslands on the fields. They were very uh, open about their sex lives. What no traditional, um, you know, marriage for them. And the Scythians are like, "Hey, why don't you come back to our town? You guys are great. Come back to our town and you know, live in our houses and cook our food." And they're like, "No way. Why don't you? Well, don't you want to ride? And- I'm going to the movies to drink my own red wine and eat popcorn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need you. Why would I want to do that?" So we raid, we ride, come come with us. And they were like, well, we're just going to go back to our wives now who cook and clean. Thanks. Um, There's really good evidence that they uh, smoked a lot of cannabis. Uh, They drank a lot. They danced. They were like really into dancing and music. Yeah, they were party girls and they were fully tattooed. They enjoyed tattoos, Liz. So they're like a biker gang on horses, really, when you think about it. (laughs) It seems so modern. That seems so contemporary in every way. I like it. So that's, and um, they were seen really when the Greeks, so they theoretically lived before the ancient Greeks 3,000 years ago. And then when you see them portrayed in like Greek painting and sculpture and everything, um, uh, they're seen as, as a symbol of gender equity. And, uh, so, uh, 3000 years later, still working on that. <laughs> so, it's a good idea though. Gender yeah, equity it is still, a, still a very powerful idea. <laughs> so, so I think, I guess, I think we all need to take up horseback riding and, and, and bow and archery immediately. So, mm-hmm. um, but if you're interested, this book, The Amazons, is chock full of information. I mean, I have just boiled it down to a few highlights, but she goes into very detailed uh, descriptions about various pieces of artwork or sculpture or, you know, ancient texts and what we know. But it's a very readable book. And, Liz, I've been a member of her Facebook group for many years. So, um, Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Am- <laughs> Amazons, uh, Modern and, and Ancient. So, uh, so this is really her biggest biggest moment, I have to say, because she, 
she's she posts constantly about female warriors and so she really yeah. it's fun to kind of see her post because she mixes it up she'll show you a pot you know a three thousand year old pot and then there'll be a description of like an all-female you know syrian uh unit and things or things like that she she is kind of an interesting take on sort of the contemporary female warrior as well so i think you have to be invited to join you have to ask to join the group so Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box (laughs) is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) Either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz. Right. Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, you I like did. to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift-giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but FrameBridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. 
See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. Uh, All right, just, we'll, we'll put some links about her book yeah. and everything in our show notes yeah. for today's show. Yeah, so there okay. you go. There you go. Okay, great. Well, we're going to, uh, we have a lot more to talk about, including, I have a major question. Well, a bunch of questions for you, Leanne. One is, like, I need a job title. I need some kind of, I'll I'll explain why it's so urgent. But when we come back, I'll explain that. But we're going to take a break right now. And thank you, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting Harry's. Okay, Leanne. Here's the first of many questions I have for you today. Uh... I need a job title, uh, and I need a job title that invites no follow-up questions. You know that's part of what we do here at Satellite Sisters is we kind of define the areas where, like, no, no follow-up. We're just like, just you're just going to have to take me out my word on this. And here's my problem. You know, I left my conventional corporate job last year, so I could say that I was you know, a corporate marketing executive or a television marketing executive. And that, you know, and maybe people would ask about that, but normally they could, they felt like they understood what that was and they just left me alone. Well, now, I mean, here I am, I am, you know, sort of a, just freelancing around on stuff. We do Satellite Sisters. I also do another podcast called I Hate My Boss. And then just generally kind of, out exploring the world. So when people ask me what I do, I don't know exactly what to say. What do you it, say? What What do you say? Okay. Well, here's the mistake that I made. I thought sometimes I'm just too vague. You know, it's like sometimes I've said just uh, I work in the media, and uh, then people that just begs a follow up question. Yeah, because that that doesn't mean anything. So last week, you know, I told you Friday I was going back to the chiropractor because I had that knee injury. So the chiropractor was working on that a little bit with those uh, magic lasers that they have. And on the form, you have to, you know, they ask you what your profession is. And I think I put something like broadcaster. Yeah. I tried, I tried that. Yeah. And cause I thought that is just more specific, but not too descriptive of anything. And then as I'm walking in, I knew I made a mistake the moment I saw like a big sign in the hallway in his office. It was a big poster for his podcast. And I thought, ruh-roh, now this is, he's going to ask me about this. We're going to go down some podcasting rabbit hole. And sure enough, the moment I'm laying on the table, he said, I see you're a broadcaster. Uh, What kind of broadcasting do you do? So I said, well, I... uh, I have two, I host two podcasts. One has been around a very long time, very successful show I do with my sisters called Satellite Sisters. And one is brand new. It's a workplace advice show called I Hate My Boss. And then immediately he said, oh, you know, I have a podcast, which I knew he was going to say, right? But then the entire time I'm laying on the table, he's asking me, Technical questions. Oh, gosh. Yeah, exactly what we were saying before about how we, like, oh, so what software do we use for editing and when we, how do we connect to our guests? And I just, like, like, 
I didn't want to end up in that conversation besides yeah. the fact that I'm not sure the advice I was, I wasn't, I was purposely trying to not give him, give him advice, but every time I said something, he had a follow-up question. He's just want, he's obviously, you know, trying to get his podcast up and going. Uh, he does it on YouTube. It's a video podcast. So several times I tried to say, Oh, oh I don't know anything. I about don't know that. anything about that. It's yeah, like when people is- ask me about children's books. Fortunately, I don't know anything about that genre. So I'm like, I can't help you. It's a whole separate thing. I don't have an agent. I don't, I've got nothing. Yeah. Got nothing okay, well, me. that's good. So I just don't, like, this was exactly the conversation I didn't want to get right. into. Uh, but I don't know how to be polite and answer people's questions without some answer that seems to invite more curiosity. Well, so that's going to happen. So I, mean, I use the term writer and producer. I also, writer. on my business card, it just says writer talker. You know, I use, oh. I write and oh. I talk. And then okay. I, and then I just follow up very, oh, I write for magazines. I write fiction. I've written some, I write for all genres. And then I, I, I co-host a podcast or I, pro- sometimes I'll just say I produce it because I don't want to go into the <laughs> podcast. It's nothing, nothing personal. You know, it's so funny. I mean, we've been a podcast since 2008. Yeah. And up until like two years ago, if you said podcast to someone, there were no follow-up no, questions. that's true. They did not care. No. They probably hadn't heard the word. Right. And they certainly weren't curious about it. Right. Now, everyone either has a podcast or wants one or knows somebody who does. So, yeah, okay. If you say you're a producer, that's a good idea because then... That you're they sort of know. one step removed. Like yeah. you're not, you can't really help them. You produce, you put together things. It's, it's vague. And at least here, especially in Los Angeles, people sort of know what producers mean. Yeah. Means. Okay. So, um, maybe I'll know. try that. It's not like I'm trying to blow them off. It's just that it's, it's not a conversation where I feel like I can really be helpful to them. You know, it's all of a sudden they want, you're the, you're their consultant on getting something launched. Yeah. I think it's actually inappropriate for a chiropractor while he's checking you out to be bugging you about your your podcast. I mean, I don't know if there was a financial consultant, would he be going, Oh, what stocks do you think I should buy today? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And it's, and the other side is people want, they want to you to promote them. So that's yeah. the other follow-up yeah. you have to kind of – sometimes yeah. you just okay. – I don't want to talk about work. I'm with you, Liz. I get it. So yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a writer, yeah, Exactly. So I need a job title yeah. that – where I'm not really talking about what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> anyone has any – and you know, because I don't want to say retired either. No. You know, the – oh, I didn't even say – here we said – okay, this you will find appalling based on what you just said. Uh, when I said, well, I, you know, I host two podcasts. His, his first thing was, can you really support yourself doing that? Right. I know. So, no, you can't, chiropractor. <laughs> so don't quit your day job and you're appalling. So, yeah. Anyway, so it's not a complaint. It's just something yeah, I need to figure out, a conversational <laughs> gambit. Yeah. I need a gambit to get beyond the follow-up questions. Uh, you just okay. not, yeah, I know. You just could just not mention, you could just say business consultant. People, yeah. people don't, they're not interested in that. <laughs> so, just say contributor, just say you're a contributing editor somewhere. They don't know what okay. that is either. So. Okay. <laughs> I know we're sounding unfriendly now, but it's not that. It's just that, you know, you need to sort of, 
you need to have a snappy answer that just puts people away. Okay, well, I think there on. are there are careers where it, people they they ask you insulting questions like, "Can you make a living?" or "Have have you written anything I've ever heard of?" or you have to start just you know for I get that all the time. You have to start sort of justifying. Like what, what you, do. you do, which feels weird because you work yeah. every day at it. And yeah. it, it's just in many ways, it's just a J-O-B. Anything in the media sounds vaguely glamorous, but as yeah. we know, yeah. it's not. And so, but it's, <laughs> it's just a normal job, but you're right. No one, okay. if you say you're a nurse, someone might say, oh, you know, where, where do you work? What department do you work in? Uh-huh. They're actually interested. But if you say like you're a writer, people are skeptical. So... <laughs> They challenge your career choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, oh, really? Yeah. What do you write? Have I heard of it? You know, it's just, it becomes weird. And then you feel like you're just, am I selling the book or yeah, pretending yeah. not to be famous or, you know, and then I get a lot of, oh yeah, I didn't expect to like your book, but I did. I get a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, got that the other night. You know, I don't really read Chiclet. But, you know, your book oh. was, was better than I expected. Well, gee, oh, wow! Yeah, that's okay. quite a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm standing in line like not – I'm not – I'm standing in line at a showcase house. Like I don't – I'm not trying to – I'm not there as a writer. I was there as like someone to go through the showcase yeah. house and look at the kitchen. So it was just weird. It just – I'm with you, Liz. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. When you don't have a conventional job, you yes. do have to kind of deal with some of these things. Right. So I'm right. sure many of you listening also have unconventional jobs. If you have your own strategies and you want to post about that in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, like what's the what's the snappy answer that invites no follow-up questions? Yeah. It's exciting with- in the beginning, but after 15 or 20 years, it gets annoying. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on, moving on. I did have a multi-part Operation Sea Turtle update. Um, first, you know, Operation Sea Turtle is my health and fitness program. Since the beginning of this year in particular, I've really tried to, you know, get my health back and work on myself. I have more time for for exercise. I've been trying to eat right. So this is the weekly end where I realized I had made a couple of, like, long-standing doctor's appointments, things I had put off for a while. This week, I'm doing them. Oh, wow. Okay. So today, I saw a dermatologist for a long-delayed, like, skin cancer check. Mm -hmm. Because I had, I realized I had a lump on my head. Like, it felt like a mole. Like, when I was shampooing my hair, I could feel that there was some mole-like thing right at the top of my head. And as you recall, our father had skin cancer right on top of his head. Yeah. Yeah. so I thought, okay, I need to go in and have someone uh, take a look at that. And while I'm there, could you take off the skin tags I have on my neck? <laughs> the things to make me things to make me look a million years old. I know. So, uh, so I did that today, and a uh, couple of funny things. They all, this was a dermatologist I had never seen before. Her office is directly across the street from the big UCLA hospital in Santa Monica, which you've been to, of course, because mm-hmm. both of our parents ended up there at various times. <laughs> yes. But it was weird. So for a skin cancer check, obviously you have to take your clothes off. So because she's checking your kind of your, your naked body, but they have, so the nurse said, well, you, so you can go ahead and disrobe now. And here's a little, here's a little gown, but I'm looking directly across the street into UCLA hospital. And so 
I kind of hesitate and she looks at me and I look at her and then she's like, oh, oh, the windows. Oh, don't worry. There's a, there's a film. I know you can see out, but they can't see in. I was like, you're sure about that? Have you? Because I can really see a lot of detail over there in that hospital room. She's like, no, I promise you. But if you want me to put the shades down, I can. So I just thought that was funny. The sort of moment of just standing there thinking, well, this feels weird that everyone's <laughs> looking in. Anyway, so she did the total skin cancer check. Um, the good news is that uh, the lump of my head, she said, that's really, it's not even a mole. It's certainly not skin cancer. It's really just caused by age. It's just one of those things that happen with oh, age. Oh, no. And that's, you hate to hear that. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's just so many things that have to do with yep. age. Yeah. Uh, and the same with the skin tags and all of that. So, so took care of that. Oh, speaking of which, I did want to say, because it has surfaced in the Satellite Sisters social media feed, there was an article that Forbes did about me a couple weeks ago where they used a photo of me talking into a microphone. I just want to acknowledge people that I know that photo is 12 years old. I did not release. I did not, I did <laughs> not people release. busting you on that? Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned, too, is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting 
rave reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. From their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. No, I just was felt very self-conscious oh, about okay. it. Like that, that this, you know, it's a cute picture of me and I liked it at the time. It was back in our like ABC radio studio, that picture was taken. But it's just, it looks like I'm out promoting this super old picture of myself. And you see that a lot in Hollywood. Yes. I guess that's why I was conscious of it. You see a lot of executives that are still using like their 10-year-old headshot. And that that was just the internet like digging that up out of nowhere. I didn't, I did not release. Really, so, so I just wanted to say that about that. Anyway, so, so I saw the dermatologist. I'm all good. She was very nice. Tomorrow I'm doing something I've never done before, which is I'm going to see a nutritionist. Oh, great. Great. Because I realized I've never seen a nutritionist. And other than the stuff that you like, Again, read on Facebook or like old self magazine stories. They're probably still stuck in your head about what you should be eating or not eating. I really haven't had a conversation about nutrition for my body at my age ever. And, you know, and, you know, obviously I've been working on, you know, getting myself in shape, losing weight, all of that in the over the last six months, which I kind of know the basics of that. But now you have to think a lot more about your blood sugar and what's happening in, to your blood sugar. And I realized I don't know anything about that. Like mm-hmm. all of this glycemic index stuff. Mm-hmm. I've probably read that article 10 times and don't really understand it. Yeah. So I had a, I had um, gestational diabetes. I was borderline gestational diabetes when I was pregnant with my first uh, child. I remember that. So yes. I actually loved going to the nutritionist. I learned a lot and I still use a lot of the stuff that I learned in those gestational diabetes, uh, sessions about just portioning and, you know, blood sugar and right. A protein and a this and a that. It's why I never drink fruit, rarely drink fruit juice. But, um, so, uh, but yeah, no, you'll enjoy that. I think it's a different way of approaching what you eat other than just a diet. So I, I think know. you'll like it. 
Which is, yeah, which is what I think will be good. So I've been working on just my own questions about the basics for me, for like a woman of my age and my physical condition. But then I'm also working on a list of like trendy nutritional subjects that you see popping up out there right now. Like one, I know we have a listener, a Satellite Sisters listener, who's been posting a lot about ketones. And she had whatever she's doing with it's high ketone, but whatever she's doing <laughs> yeah. with ketones. Really working for her. So I'm going to ask about ketones. Like, what's the deal with that? I also have seen a lot of headlines lately and just people like on TV talking about intermittent fasting. Have you noticed that, Leanne? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's been for the last couple of years. Yes. Yeah. There's that extreme fasting and then calorie, yeah, calorie deprivation and then this intermittent fasting. Maybe yeah. one day a week they eat only 500 calories or yes. you fast for, quote, 12 hours. So you don't, you eat nothing between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m., which sounds easy to do, but I tried it and that lasted like a day and a half. <laughs> Because I get up at 5 a.m. I was like, does that mean I can't eat, drink coffee for two hours? Forget that. Yeah. No, yeah. you need to stay in bed longer, Leah. And that would be the solution for you. That, I would not have a problem with that. But yeah, I've read enough about it. So I can't tell whether it's real science or fake science. Right. right. You know, like, is it just another trendy diet? Uh, I Googled it. There was a whole article here from the Cleveland Clinic, which is a trustworthy organization, right? And mm -hmm. they've got what they call like the 5-2 plan. So it, it's reduced calorie intake for two days a week. But even on the other days, you can't exactly go crazy. No. The other days yeah. are like a thousand calories. Well, okay, good luck with that. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. So I, I'm not sure you're going to be an intermittent faster, Liz. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I just want to know what it is. Like, is it, is it real? Is it something that for what I'm working do I need to care about? Can I just start ignoring all of the articles right. which are popping up everywhere about that? And then if there are any other like nutritional topics that you've noticed in the headline news and you want to post it in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, you want me to ask on your behalf when I see the nutritionist tomorrow? <laughs> I can, re I can report back on my findings next week. Yeah. So I'm actually very excited about, um, about about talking to a nutritionist. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy that. I'm sure I'll learn something, something mm -hmm. other than just basic calories. Yeah. And then the last part of Operation Sea Turtle, oh, one fake science thing that somebody said to me this week that I thought, oh, I'm totally, I, yeah, I'm going to agree to that, even though that does not sound scientifically accurate at all. Once a month, I, um, I see a, uh, I get a Thai massage. Mm -hmm. And... Because you just get all like stretched out and it feels really good. So so the woman who does my massage once a month, her name is Eileen, and I showed her my knee injury that I'm working on with the chiropractor. And she said, oh, well, your knee pain is explained by your weight loss because when you lose weight, your joints shift. And so that is probably what's creating the problem with your knee. And I thought to myself, that sounds wildly scientifically unsound, but I am totally going to go with that because I would like, I would like weight loss to be the reason why I am having knee pain. That would be, that would be good. Okay. Then the last exercise portion of Operation Sea Turtle, I need a strategy for managing the chatter in the exercise classes I go to. Like, I don't know what the deal is. This particular body sculpting class I go to on Wednesday afternoons, 
the room, the workout room at the club faces into the equipment room where like all the cardio equipment is. And that's where all the TVs are on the wall. And the TVs are tuned to like random news channels and sports channels. But there's one woman who shows up for class most Wednesdays where she feel, really feels like looking at the big banner headlines on the cable news televisions that we can see through the glass in the next room, that this is a good jumping off point for discussions during exercise class, Leanne. Oh, I hate that. Like all of a sudden she's asking people's opinion on the travel ban or she's whatever she happens to see or Robert Mueller. Like, you you know what those banner headlines are like on all of the news channels. Like none of them are appropriate for discussion. In exercise class, wouldn't you agree? No, I, I don't like any talking. I like, think when you go in the room, it should be quiet. Like, I don't even like pre-class chatter. Yeah. I think that's why I like yoga, because a lot of Maybe. studios go in, and it's like, once you enter, it's generally a quiet space. You yeah. know, I would talk to the teacher. Okay, that's, that's what I did really at the end of job. last week's class. Because during the class, I've, you know, the teacher just kind of let it go. And she's super nice. She's, you know, and she, but she has great music, too. So that's one of the reasons I like the class is to listen to the music. So I don't need, like, news discussions on top of the music during the class. So at the end of the class, I did say to her, I kind of got her alone. And I said, you know, um, I know that woman is a regular, but can I just say, I would really prefer it if we didn't talk about the news during class. I come here to just relax and enjoy myself. And she kind of acknowledged, she said, I know, but you know, she's in a bad position. Right. I don't think she wants to tell this woman to, um, you know, to not start the discussions. But anyway, so you agree. I'm well within my rights to, to kind of expect that it's, we're not having discussions during exercise class. No, I mean, a lot of teachers really don't like it. They want you focused and listening to them. And that's, I mean, it's, it's more a general conversation, not a specific, hey, you over, over there reading yeah. the headline news. That sounds like dad used to do. That would drive me crazy. Just <laughs> yelling out the headlines. Uh, that's the exactly what she's doing. <laughs> then, I, and then, so I just, my approach the last few weeks as she tries to engage people in this is just DNR. Do yeah. not respond. Do not respond. I just do not, I do not acknowledge that she's even saying anything, even when she's looking directly at me. Yeah, that's her, that's the teacher's job or even okay. the All head right. of exercise. I mean, the, you know, whoever runs the exercise program. Yeah, it is. Okay. And they should. Yeah. My, I, when I like the deep water workout, I go to the teacher makes the chatterers go to the corner. She is on it. You know, we're here to focus, come in, you two over there, go to the corner. You can chat over underneath the <laughs> diving board. I like it. It's good. It's good for everybody. I feel like, I feel like today where the show is all about rules about what you can talk about and what you can say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Sometimes it just it makes life nicer when we all agree on just some general guidelines. Like I just really this is I would rather listen to the music than hear you discuss anything. Okay. Yeah, I, for, I, right. I do believe those group classes should be mind, body, spirit. Like you're going because yeah. you don't want to watch CNN headline news. You're not going yeah. to watch CNN. If you want to do that, you can go out on the treadmill and you can plug in and you can listen to the news. So Mm -hmm. there should be a deeper, you know, community spirit there. So I think you're well within your rights. 
Thank you. All right. Uh, okay, moving on. Well, then now maybe I, I shouldn't I... do this negative story about what musical I'm not going to see. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Well, last week I was so excited that Jagged Little Pill, uh, Alanis Morissette's yes. album, was being developed into a musical. Well, today I read that Jimmy Buffett's music is being developed into a musical called mm, Margaritaville. Yeah, no. Well, that was inevitable. Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't happened soon. Really, though, I don't think it's like I don't think of his music as as like Broadway storytelling. I think of it as pleasant music to listen to with a beer in your hand. So, (laughs) but But you're not really a parrot head. But when you go to when you go to Jimmy Buffett concerts, Monica and I have been to several actually. And we're not major parrot heads, but you can see how many there are. There are a lot of people that it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole lifestyle that they've signed up for. All right, Liz. Well, count me out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then maybe you might want to watch. This made me happy when I saw this is going on a national tour. Remember last year I told you that not only did I go to see Hamilton, I went to see Spamilton? Yes, Liz. And Spamilton was in this theater on the Upper West Side that seated like 14 people. You know, it was this tiny little theater uh, where they do they do musical spoofs. And it's a whole series called Forbidden Broadway. Well, as you probably noticed in the paper lately, not only has Spamilton moved out of the tiny little theater and moved like next door to Hamilton down in the theater district, but it's going on a national tour, this funny little show. Like Hamilton is so successful that Spamilton is now going on a national tour, including coming to Los Angeles, Leon. So if you're not going to Margaritaville, you might want to take that time and money and go see Spamilton. Even if you haven't seen Hamilton, if you enjoy the Hamilton soundtrack, you will get the jokes in Spamilton. Okay, Liz, that's a good tip. Yeah, because I, I did not, I got, I did not get Hamilton tickets in Los Angeles in the first round. I, I was out of town. I forgot, didn't log in that day. So, um, so maybe I'll just go to Spamilton. And then, yeah, it's, <laughs> so. close, 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 close enough. enough. Close right. enough. I know we have many, many listeners who are <laughs> Hamilton fans. Yeah. So you're going to want to be Spamil fans. The better you know the music and the show, the more you will enjoy the spoof, obviously. But uh, it is really, really a fun show. I was just, and it's it's just so funny that those that little band of you know musical comedy artists, like for years they've been spoofing these shows and just sort of you know making a bit of a living doing that. But now they get a whole national tour, just totally off the back of Hamilton. Good for them. I like it. It's very clever and fun. Right now, let's talk about movies, Liam, because I saw. As part now that everyone within the sound of our voices has supported Wonder Woman the way you asked them to, mm-hmm. uh, I saw two other much smaller movies, but also made by women over the last 10 days that I wanted to recommend. However, Julie has given me pause on one of these. So let me tell you what these two movies are. Um, the first movie I saw about 10 days ago is called Wakefield, oh. and it it stars. Have you seen anything about that? It stars I have. Brian, I, I like Robin Swaycord. The isn't she the writer director? Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's the writer director, and it was playing at a theater in my, my neighborhood. And then she did a panel afterwards, and so Ava DuVernay came. Wow. And they did a Q and A together. So Ava Ava DuVernay talked to Robin Swaycord. It's an adaptation of an El Doctorow short story. 
And it's kind of an unusual story because it's basically this commuter comes home from work in New York City one day. He's like walking up his driveway. He's about to go in the house and then decides to kind of go into the garage for a second and ends up spending months in the garage. Like the family doesn't, he just disappears. The family doesn't know what happened to him. And he's, so he's in the garage across from his home, just watching his wife live her life without him. Oh, wow. That's yeah. quite a promise. And his, yes. So it's very, you can see why it would be a great short story. Yes. Uh, and so Brian Cranston is the husband. Jennifer Garner is the wife. And I know you love Jennifer Garner. I do. And. Uh, so what's interesting about it, so it's basically, uh, you know, well, it says in the reviews, a fraught meditation on marriage and identity and the, and I really liked it. Uh, but Julie and I started talking about it the other night. She said, based on my recommendation, she and her husband had started to watch it and just turned it off after about, (laughs) after about 20 minutes, maybe because I've never been married the fraught meditation on marriage is something I find yeah. entertaining, but you, but you might not as a long-time married person. Well, Steffi's uh, for it. You can hear that. She's, she's Steph- all for okay. it. Okay. So, but I like, it's very slow, but beautifully acted. And one interesting thing, which you would not know unless you heard Robin Swicord uh, explain this. So Jennifer Garner, because in this movie, because she's being observed the whole time by her husband from the attic window, you see her talking to her children, talking to her friends, talking on the phone, but you never hear what she's saying because it's completely from the husband's point of view. And uh, Robin Swicord was explaining that she wrote a whole script for Jennifer Garner. So Jennifer Garner is actually delivering lines. She's not just pretending to talk to a friend on the phone. There was a whole secondary script for Jennifer Garner just so that she could act her way through these scenes and uh, uh, even though everyone knew you were never going to hear anything she said, and Robin Swigord was sort of observing, I mean, Brian Cranston's acting job is great, but Jennifer Garner's acting job is equally great and in some ways even harder because the audience never gets to hear what she's saying. Hmm. Kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. You may or may not be up for a fraught meditation on marriage, uh, but in the event that you are, like this is thoughtful and slow and dark, but I really liked it. Now, if you want another fraught meditation on marriage, I saw another one of those this weekend. And now that was, but much more fun. It's a, it's a comedy with songs, Leon. And the new movie is called Band-Aid. And this is, uh, it's written and directed by Zoe Lister-Jones. And so she stars in it. And her co-stars are Adam Pally, who you'll recognize. He was in Happy Endings. He was in Mindy Project. Anyway, so Adam Pally. Oh, yeah, I, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fred Armisen plays the crazy next door neighbor. And the premise of this uh, movie, of this fraught meditation on marriage, is that they're fighting all the time, but they realize if they could save their marriage by turning their fights into songs. So when they start to fight, <laughs> when they start to fight about things, they like pick up instruments, they like form a band, and luckily, you know, uh next door neighbor is a drummer, Fred Armisen, uh in real life is a drummer. So it's very clever, very fun, also kind of about 
the dark side of marriage, but very, I would totally recommend this one too. And one interesting thing. So Zoe Lister Jones, she, you know, she wrote it, she directed it, she started in it. And for this one, she had an all female crew. She insisted on an all female crew. Uh, so the other night when I saw it, she was also there. She and Adam Pally and Fred Armisen were there uh, to talk about the film afterwards. And it was fun to hear her talk about why she decided to do that. And it was interesting to hear Adam Pally talk about the difference it made to him as an actor being on a set where, like, everyone is female for a story that's about marriage uh, – Versus being on that same set if it was run by men. Anyway, yeah. just thought I would. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how you feel about if you and your husband are up for movies about marriage. Or... Well, we'll see. You know, we never buy tickets or make plans. So it's, <laughs> it's unlikely that we'll see either of these films. <laughs> but. Okay. I think I think both of these films w- will be in an art house circuit around the country somewhere. So I think probably... Wakefield is actually on DirecTV. It's on our, I noticed oh. it on our pay-per-view. I almost bought it the other night because I Robin Swicord is a great writer. She wrote Little Women and The Curious Case of yes. Benjamin Button and she's someone who like couldn't get a directing job for 10 years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So very, yeah. very much uh, like Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman, who mm, I wonder why it took 12 years to go from monster to Wonder Woman. She couldn't get anyone to make her movie. So, um, so that's good. I, I will see that. And this other one looks funny. I think I could talk my husband into that. Looks this funny. is super cute. Yeah. Oh, and Brooklyn Decker's in it too. So, oh, you oh know. okay. Well, there, there you have it. And, and Susie Essman plays her mom, oh. his mom. So it has a great cast. A lot of these little movies made around L.A., they just have a great cast because there are a lot of actors laying around who are happy to be in an indie movie. So there you go. Two recommendations. Movies made by women that tell very interesting stories, to- stories totally different stories about long-term marriages and okay. uh, what it means in your life. Just throwing that All out right. there. No, we're just, we're at an hour. So I feel like we should wrap up pretty, oh, yeah, we should pretty wrap soon. This up. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. It's just one squirrel story uh, that we did. Uh, you mentioned last week that Julie and I were smarter than squirrels. Yes. Uh, so we thank all you so are. Much. All human beings are. Yes. I, and I was not meaning to be derogatory towards squirrels. Just we're, we're, we have something that animals don't have. We, we yes. plan for the future. But apparently squirrels can be deceptive, Leanne, because this news story was posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And uh, researchers recently reported that rodents put on elaborate shows of deceptive caching to thwart would-be thieves, Leanne. So you think they're just putting their nuts wherever they want? No. No. (laughs) They're actually quite deceptive about that. So I thought I would pass that along. All right. I know, I know we have a squirrel advocate amongst the satellite sisterhood. She likes to speak yes. up for squirrels whenever they come up. So I'm glad to see that that was posted again with no disrespect to squirrels, but they, the you know, <laughs> scientists said like they may be cashing those nuts deceptively, but they don't know why. And that's really, <laughs> that's the, so they're not really planning question. for the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they think okay. it's fun to hide the nuts, but they're not really sure why they hide the nuts. But um, I, I, squirrels are great. I know. Squirrels are fantastic. So, All right. And another just quick thank you to Kathleen, who sent a note to the Satellite Sisters mailbox that was a full of other notes. She wrote, 
individual thank you notes to each of the five sisters. And because she knows I pick up this mail mail, she asked me if I would mail mail them to each of you. The thing she did that was super helpful, she did put stamps on all of them. So thank you, Kathleen. They were stamped. But, like, it's the mailing addresses that screw me up every time. But last night, because Julie... Leon, Sheila, and I were all together in Leon's backyard. I hand-delivered your notes to my sisters. We have a very cute photo of us in Leon's garden. And I have your note to Monica in my hand right now as I say this, Kathleen. I'm going to see her next weekend in Bend, Oregon. Hand-delivered, Kathleen. That's the best I can do for you. It is funny that Liz, Sheila, and I live, you know, minutes from each other, miles from each other. I have no idea, like, our actual mailing addresses. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I, you know, I, every time I have to actually mail you something, I'm just like, Liz, what's your mailing address? It's I know. embarrassing. I know where you live. I can find it. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she listens. That's the important thing. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, all right. Hey, one note. I'll go into this more a little bit. I know we're wrapping up here, but um, a friend of mine has a new book coming out, The Atlas of Forgotten Places by Jennifer Williams. And it's a wonderful book. It's coming out in early July. And I am going to do a Q&A with her at Roman's Bookstore in Pasadena on Friday, July 28th at 7 p.m. And this is a fun story. Jenny and I met um, in an online writer's class when I was writing my second book, um, uh, Helen, Elizabeth, the first wife. Um, she was living in Germany at the time, working on this particular novel. Um, she is an MFA. She's high. She's a much more qualified writer than me, Liz. And she's a beautiful writer. And That's um, exciting. That's great. She always gave really great critiques of my books, even though we do not write in the same style at all. She was very thoughtful about it and funny and got my books. And I could tell right away when she submitted her writing, like, wow, she can really write. This is an extraordinary story that takes place in Uganda. And it's about a German aid worker and a, you know, and a Uganda native who have to come together and sort of go through the jungle to find lost loved ones. And it's a, a book that's really evocative and you'll learn a lot about Uganda and what happens there. And she can really, really write. So I was so thrilled when three years later she sold her book. She had done some major rewriting, restructuring and sold her book and it's coming out this July. And um, she has relocated located. She was in Southern California. So I got to meet her in person a year ago and now she's in Seattle. But I said, I would love to host you at Romans. Come down. We'll do a Q and A and we'll have some fun. So I would encourage any book clubs reading in July, August, or September um, to pick up this book because it's very meaty. I think you'll really enjoy it. The Atlas of Forgotten Places. Of course, I'll put a link on the website and on the Facebook page. But circle your calendars if you if you're ambitious. Come to Romans Friday, July 28th at 7 p.m. for a Q&A. Meet Jenny. I would love to introduce her to some of the Satellite Sisterhood. She's just such a delightful, nice person. She She's writing now full-time for Google, actually. Uh, she moved to Seattle. Oh, really? She has a job writing for Google, but she's a novelist on the side and, and a fantastic novelist at that. The book is starting to get some great reviews in Publishers Weekly and stuff. I blurbed it, Liz. I gave it a great review, but I guess it oh, matters. Good, it matters when, uh, when it's a start review in Publishers Weekly. So Friday, July yeah. 28th, 2017, if you're in Southern California, come, come meet Jenny uh, at Romans. Okay. That's exciting. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it's neat. You know, it's cool. Those writers groups 
boy, I mean, I met a lot of good writers in the two writers groups I did online, but it's hard to get a book published. It's a, it's hard to finish a book. And so I was really happy, but she was such a good writer. So when she told me it had sold and everything, I was like, no surprise there. It was fantastic. So um, I'm happy for her. Happy for her. So, all right. Anything That'd else? Cool. You- right. No, I guess we should, uh, I guess we up. should wrap this yeah. up because you got to, you know, you're, you're headed to Disneyland uh, <laughs> tomorrow. tomorrow. So we got get this done today uh no i think we're good remember you you can always follow us on twitter we're at sat sisters i'm at ss liz leon you're at leon dolan right yeah at Um, leon dolan yeah you can like our facebook page that's where we post all of our news and shows and you can join our facebook group uh that's when you get to post whatever you want and we love having you in on the conversation every day. So uh okay, this was fun, Leon. Yeah, just Enjoy a reminder, jet.com, the the promo code is Dolan. D O L A N yeah. if you want to take advantage of that special offer. And Harry's is Harry's.com sisters. So that's those yes. are the two different two different codes. So and, you know, I've been trying to post those on yeah. our website, too. Yeah. So if you ever – I know sometimes on Facebook people ask, what is that promo code? You can usually go to SatelliteSisters.com, and if you scroll through the show post there, you'll see the logo for whatever uh, company discount promo code you're looking for, and it'll be right there. So good luck with that. Thank you for supporting all of the sponsors that uh, that support us. So. Okay, uh, have a good week, Leon. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.